What a wild circus we got going on today. I mean, it is clowns, clown shoes, and red noses. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Joe Biden speaks today on oil. It's going to be quite a lesson in, um, in new think and new speak because none of it is true. Well, part of it is true. We are cutting off all Russian oil and gas to the United States. Europe's not, but we're going to lead the way. Oh, and by the way, have you seen the price? It went up over a dime uh, just since we spoke yesterday. I'm wondering what the over-under is going to be for tomorrow's price of gasoline. We have that. Tom uh, Tom Cruise. Ted Cruise. We have Tom Cruise, too, but we weren't, you know, we buried him in the last segment. Yeah, you have to listen to the whole thing. We have Ted. We just never got to him. (laughs) And we have... The biggest nerd we know, (laughs) but we love him. We love him because he's the kind of nerd we need, Mike Lee. Yes, we need more Mike Lees, uh, definitely. And if you are in Utah and thinking about going to the caucus tonight, make sure you go and support Mike Lee. Uh, By the way, blazetv.com slash Glenn is the place to go to get your Blaze TV subscription. You can subscribe, rate, and review this podcast as well as Studios America, both available Monday through Friday right here on this very podcast platform. And don't forget to pick up The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. Explains quite a bit of what we're going through right now. It's weird. It's It's like you understand all of it if you've read the book. It's available in bookstores now or glennsnewbook.com. There you can get the first chapter free. Here's the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Senator Ted Cruz is with us now. Uh, Senator, I cannot believe the insanity that is coming out of this White House. We are shooting ourselves in both feet and the legs. Well, Glenn, unfortunately, you're right. Uh, This president has given over the agenda to the radical left in the Democratic Party. And we're seeing policy after policy that are hurting Americans. Uh, We're seeing economic policies that are causing inflation to be galloping across the country, that are causing gas prices to go through the roof. And and that is combined with foreign policy, where Joe Biden has projected weakness and has tried appeasement with respect to every enemy of America, seemingly on the face of the planet. And, And there's not a region on earth that hasn't gotten substantially worse for U.S. national security in the, in the past year uh, under Joe Biden. If, if you look at Russia, uh, Biden's weakness is the direct precipitating cause of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's two decisions in particular that Biden made that caused this war. And this is the, 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 the largest land war in Europe since 1945, since World War II. It was caused by, number one, Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan last year, that the, the withdrawal was so, so catastrophic that every enemy of America looked to Washington, looked to the Oval Office, and took the measure of the man in the Oval Office. And unfortunately, they determined that Biden was weak and feckless and ineffective. And, and at the time, I said publicly, the chances of Russia invading Ukraine just increased tenfold, and the chances of China invading Taiwan increased tenfold. But secondly, with respect to Russia and Ukraine in particular, President Biden waived sanctions on Russia, on Putin, on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is the pipeline that Putin is building from Russia to Germany to circumvent Ukraine, to go around Ukraine. And the purpose of the pipeline uh, 
was to enable Russia to be able to invade Ukraine without endangering the energy infrastructure they need to get their natural gas to Europe. I authored the sanctions in the Senate, bipartisan sanctions to shut down Nord Stream 2. President Trump signed my sanctions legislation in 2019, and Putin stopped construction of that pipeline literally the day that President Trump signed my sanctions legislation. When Biden came into office, he waived those sanctions on Russia. He waived those sanctions on Putin. Putin finished the pipeline, and that is why we're seeing this invasion because of Joe Biden's weakness. Ted, the the insanity of of weakness in the um, Oval Office is, I hope, quite clear to most people. But we have a lot of people now that have been, you know, um, ratcheted up with the screams of ban Russian oil, ban Russian oil. I'd like to ban Russian oil, but not until we open up our own supplies. And I'm not talking about the insanity at this point to go into our strategic oil reserve. We've got to open up our oil fields and get pumping again. We don't have to beg and give gifts to despots and dictators and killers. Well, uh, let me agree with you in the following respect, which is what Biden has done with regard to domestic oil and gas production is, is lunacy. Uh, as you noted, in, in 2019, the United States became a net energy exporter. We are an oil and gas superpower, and we were exporting all around the world. In 2021, under Joe Biden, we lost that status. We're now importing energy. And the reason is, from literally the first day he became president, Joe Biden has waged a war on American energy production and on American jobs. First day in office, he killed the Keystone Pipeline. That decision alone killed 11,000 high-paying jobs, including 8,000 union jobs. He simultaneously halted all new leases on federal lands, both onshore and offshore. And as you noted, shortly thereafter, he ended production in Anwar, an incredibly uh, resource-rich uh, region of Alaska. All of those decisions, in addition to the EPA and the regulatory agencies waging war on oil and gas production, caused our, our rig count to plummet, caused U.S. production to go down. And, and one of the ironies, you know, you know, Biden claims he's doing this because he cares about the climate. If the only thing you cared about was energy, then Biden has, or was, was the environment rather, then Biden has been an abysmal failure. Why? Because when you shut down American production and you increase production overseas, mm -hmm. the production overseas is dirtier. Under Joe Biden, the world is polluting more, is emitting more carbon, because if you want less pollution, you want American production and not Russian production, not Iranian production. They actually don't give a damn about the environment. It, it is a religious fervor from the left to destroy oil and gas in this country, even if the result of it is more pollution and more carbon emissions, which is what Joe Biden has produced. So, Ted, you, I know you have, I know you know this. Um, the world is not set up for $150 a barrel oil or $180 yep. or $200. It doesn't work. Um, we are playing a tremendous game of chicken here 
between Putin and the United States. Honestly, the one thing that makes sense to me is the idea that maybe Putin is just like, you know what, they'll collapse us, but I bet we'll we can collapse them first. I mean, this is nuts. So, so, so Glenn, here's where here's where I'll press back with you a little bit. I, I think it is the right decision to go after Putin using energy. And, and I've been pressing on Biden to halt, to boycott Russian oil and to boycott Russian gas. And so the news that's being reported this morning is that Biden finally is going to listen to that and at least halt uh, the importing of oil, Russian oil into the United States. I think that's the right step to do. But, but the second step, and this is critical, is that we need to pressure Europe to do the same thing, to cut off Russian oil and Russian gas. Putin believes Europe is addicted to Russian oil and gas, that he can do whatever he wants and, and, and that Europe can't break their addiction. Well, that's not in fact right. There, there are ample supplies worldwide to meet Europe's need. In particular, Europe imports vast quantities of natural gas from Russia. Well, the Saudi Arabia of natural gas is the United States, and in particular, it's West Texas. The United States can supply Europe's energy needs, but the problem is right now under Joe Biden, there are six pending applications to export liquid natural gas that are all languishing. The Biden administration is blocking. What Joe Biden needs to do this morning is go on national television with a pen and approve all six of them. And, And we need to step in. If you want to really weaken Putin, if you want to starve his war machine, Putin needs to look and see European refineries begin buying oil from places other than Russia. And, and I will note, the refineries won't just buy on the spot market. The producers will demand long-term contracts, probably 10-year contracts. Nothing would do more to undermine Putin's power at home, his political strength, and the revenue to fund his war than to take away the demand for their energy. But to do that, where you're exactly right, is we need to replace it with our own production. We're, we're blessed with the ability to produce the energy, and Biden doesn't want to. So that's, that's, that's the rub. Because I completely agree with if you want to hurt Putin, you're not hurting him until you hurt him at the oil yep. spigot or the gas spigot. Um, so you've got to hit him there. However... I have no faith that this administration is going to approve uh, those uh, uh, those leases, expand, start start shipping gas from West Texas to uh, to Europe. We, and then and then what happens if we don't have our own oil and we are enriching despots? Uh, yeah. it, first of all, I mean, look at the price of gas yesterday was four dollars. It's four seventeen today. And, and it's going to keep going up. And, and, and look, last week I introduced legislation in the Senate called the Energy Freedom Act that, that, that would unshackle American energy production. It would reverse the disastrous decisions Joe Biden has put in place. It would allow the Keystone Pipeline to go away. It would allow new development on federal lands, onshore and offshore. It would approve these LNG exports. It it would remove the requirement for a presidential authorization for cross-border pipelines. There's no reason for that requirement to begin with. It, it, It would allow America to step forward as an energy superpower again. Now, I have no illusions that Joe Biden is suddenly going to support Uh, these ideas at least easily. But right now, Glenn, the Biden administration has put more restrictions 
on U.S. oil and gas producers than it has on Russian oil and gas producers. That makes no sense. And, and as you noted, the Biden administration is literally going hat in hand to enemies of America like Venezuela, begging them to sell us oil. That They're in Vienna right now trying to negotiate a deal with Iran, begging the Ayatollah to sell us oil, trying to send hundreds of billions of dollars to a theocratic despot who chants death to America and death to Israel. It is lunacy. Mm that they would rather enrich enemies of America who want to murder us than actually have good, high-paying jobs in America that produce energy more cleanly and better for the environment than Iranian or Venezuelan or Russian oil. Real quick, because I know you've got to run, and I do too, but are, is there, what do the people do? What do people do to help? How, how can we get this done? We just uh, Look, speak out. Uh, put pressure on your elected officials. I'll tell you, the, the Democrats are worried. You looked at, at, at Biden's State of the Union address last week, and, and I was there for it. it. It was, I've seen now, I've been on the floor of the House for 10 different State of the Union addresses. It was by far the weakest one I've ever seen. But it was interesting. He, he did at least talk about inflation and gas prices going up, and, and so they're seeing the concern but he didn't acknowledge his own policies or what's causing it. He didn't acknowledge the trillions in spending, the trillions in debt that is fueling inflation. But, but what we can do is, is speak up and, and make clear to our friends and family and colleagues, you know, the little stickers that people are putting on gas yeah. pumps with a picture of Joe Biden pointing at the price saying, mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. Those are powerful. Those are powerful because it's, People are starting to understand, wait a second, th- this doesn't make any sense. This is hurting my family. And, and I believe November is going to be a tidal wave election. I think we are going to win the House of Representatives. I think we're going to win the Senate back. Uh, in Texas, you and I are both Texans. I'll tell you, South Texas, I think South Texas is, is, is turning red. I think there's some mm-hmm. very strong candidates. Cassie Garcia, who's a Republican running in South Texas in a Democratic seat, I think she's going to win. Monica De La Cruz, who's a Republican running in South Texas in a Democratic seat, I think she's going to win. You t- we want to talk about Hispanic women who are conservatives turning Democratic yep. areas yep. red. This is because of the lunatic policies of this administration that, that are hurting working Americans across this country. Senator Ted Cruz, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You can uh, follow him at cruz.senate.gov. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz. Thanks. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. I am surrounded by a new family of people who have their life back because of Relief Factor. Uh, I'm one of them. I was... uh, uh, in pain and got to the point to where I just I couldn't do it anymore. I, <laughs> anybody else feel like, you know, I just, I can't get up another day? Mm-hmm. Um, we have our life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a television commercial. It's, uh, it's a group of real people with real results that had real pain. Try it yourself, Relief Factor. This guy, when he started, completely bald. Look at him now. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for your hair. <laughs> but, it, but it will help you get out of pain. Give it a shot. Try the three-week quick start. Doesn't work? Move on. But we're here to tell you it works. Relieffactor.com. 
I want to tell you quickly about uh, the American Journey experience. Uh, we are teaching history, how it happened, showcasing the mistakes the nation has made and the exceptional successes our nation have had. And we do it with um, original documents and and items from those time periods. It's really a remarkable thing. Uh, the space is limited, so we're offering this to families now. You can have a front row seat to learn the stories that you're just not going to hear anywhere else. I invite your family to join us at the American Journey Experience Family Seminar. It is next uh, Friday and Saturday, I believe, March 18th and 19th here in Dallas. David Barton will be there, his son Tim, who is an amazing teacher, uh, and myself, we will all be there with our state-of-the-art artifact vault. Bring your family. It is $100 for individuals, $175 for couples, and $250 for a family. So, I mean, if you're a Catholic or a Mormon family, that's quite a good deal. Uh, transportation, accommodations, meals not provided. Um, and it is it covers slavery and the Holocaust and everything else. So be a judge on if your kids are old enough to really sit and learn about history. It's very, very it is drinking from a fire hose. It's AmericanJourney.org. AmericanJourney.org. Go there now and apply to join us next week. American Journey Experience. We had a caller, I think it was last Thursday, that called in about a bill that was kind of interesting in Mississippi uh, and uh, seems problematic in a, in a lot of ways. Um, and it's talking about, well, we, should, we actually have the representative on. Let's have, let's have him tell us about it. He's from the Mississippi Freedom Caucus. His name is uh, Steve Hopkins. He's a Republican state representative from Mississippi. Steve, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. We heard some a, a listener called in um, and told us about something that it was really disturbing about a bill that is in up for uh, a vote in Mississippi and a couple of other, uh, I think, uh, Tennessee and maybe Alabama. Uh, Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. What is this bill? Well, it's the Tri-State Compact Bill. And I want to thank Rebecca for calling in and uh, bringing you guys' attention to this because this is all about regionalism. It's all about um, uh, setting up quasi-governmental entities uh, that subvert the law. So what it would actually do is it would set up a commission of people, five from Mississippi, five from uh, Tennessee, five from Arkansas, on a commission that is unelected people who could make decisions uh, without government oversight. They're not subject to the uh, open policy, open door policies or transparency laws. Uh, they could issue eminent domain orders. They could take people's property. Uh, to be able to do whatever they want to do. So the, the, the business, the company that's behind all this is region smart. Um, but uh, it's the most heinous piece of legislation that I've seen in my seven years here in the Mississippi legislature. So do we know anything about region smart? Who are they? Uh, we are finding out more than uh, we could ever have asked for these guys have ties to the Urban Land Institute mm. and a company called BlackRock. Uh, 
Um, and uh, all this, Glenn, all this goes back, we believe, to the Clinton era. Uh, Clinton uh, did an executive order, I think it was back in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, for sustainable development, yep. encouraging public-private partnership, uh-huh. and shift, shift power from elected officials to appointed agencies. Well, you fast forward, now you've got this infrastructure bill coming out, and there's millions of dollars set aside for compacts. Well, that's what this bill would do. It it. It makes a compact uh, of unelected officials in Tennessee, Arkansas, and Mississippi who can basically, they can tax, they can issue bonds, and they can take uh, your land by eminent domain. We have the eminent domain law in Mississippi, and the law says that you can't, that the government can't take somebody's property and then give it to somebody or a private corporation within 10 years. Well, this would subvert that law because it's given, uh, you know, them the power to do it and they're unelected. I, I, I have to, I have to ask you, I mean, first of all, Steve, thanks for being on this. Thanks for, you know, being the chair of the Mississippi freedom caucus, but I can't imagine any person who is actually representing the people voting for this, this, this is insane. When, if somebody comes and says, Oh, by the way, eminent no domain, you're going to lose your house. Here's the money for it. Uh, and uh, you got to move those, those uh, legislators are going to be called by those constituents to say, Hey, you got to stop this. When they find out that those legislators voted for these people who are not elected, who, as you say, don't have any um, uh, transparency, and they are just developing something that God only knows what it's going to be, and most likely you will be a renter, not an owner, if I know BlackRock at all. Uh, it, I mean, those exactly. those people are going to be torn apart. Who is for this in the in the House and Senate? Well, believe it or not, the original House author is Senator David Parker from DeSoto County, uh, which is in the compact, DeSoto County, Mississippi. And the explanation wasn't thorough, needless to say. So it passed the Senate unanimously. Oh, my gosh. Well, by the time it gets to the House, uh, we, we, you know, we had some red flags immediately. Uh, we started digging into it uh, immediately and uh, pushing back on it once we saw what's in it, because the initial explanation in the Senate doesn't cover any of this stuff. So uh, we, you know, uh, and I want to thank Andy Roth from the Freedom Caucus Network that we're a part of for helping us to be able to dig through all this stuff, because uh, as a member of the State Freedom Caucus Network, we we have the built. We've got people helping us dig through and find uh, a lot of this information and background. Uh, and we were able to tie, like I said, these people to the Urban Land Institute, to BlackRock. And like I said, it's scary because you're basically giving all this power to this commission of people. Now, Glenn, you know, that's, this is why we're elected, because we can be held accountable for bad Correct. decisions. 
Well, this would give cover to bad politicians where they could they could just say, hey, you guys make that decision, and I just want to be the good guy on all the good stuff. Correct. But you guys go ahead and do that. And that gives cover to these bad politicians. So um, Region Smart ULI uh, is, uh, was a part of the Equitable Development Challenge event. It was held in Memphis, showed the group to be Black Lives Matter supporters. Uh, they trained on racial equity, wealth gap, cultural sensitivity, the 1619 Project, and implicit bias tests. Uh, so they are not necessarily a friend of our Constitution. Um, the odds that, well, then it's just for Is this close to passing in any of these three, three states, and what do people do? Well, we need people. You can go to our website, freedomcaucus.ms. That's freedomcaucus.ms. And we've got a form on there uh, where people can uh, use the form to email the representatives. Uh, we need people to contact uh, the Speaker of the House. Uh, the chairman of the Workforce Development Committee, and all the representatives and plead with them to vote no on this. Uh, the deadline is tomorrow night at midnight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so if, it's, if, it, if it isn't brought up, it'll die on the calendar. So we just need this thing to die on the calendar and not even be brought up for a vote. Okay, um, and this is happening in Tennessee as well. You know what's really insidious about this is who wrote this bill? Because they're all the same, are they not? The, exactly. Uh, we we found something that said uh, that tied Region Smart. Huh. Uh, some of the money behind this was used to write the bills. So the bills have to be exactly the same in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi. So uh, it looks like Region Smart paid to have the bill written. Unbelievable. Steve, thank you for everything you're doing. Will you just keep us up to speed and let us know what happens? Um, Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to have me on. Oh, you bet. Mississippi State Representative Steve Hopkins, uh, chairman of the Mississippi Freedom Caucus. We were talking about a bill um, in three different states. And I'll bet you that this thing is... I bet you this is everywhere. I bet you they're doing something like this in other regions. Um, start looking for this. Uh, start f- looking for this group. I'm trying to remember what the name of the group is. Stu, did you see this? Uh, yeah, Region Smart. Now they may have something else, but look for uh, look for Region Smart and see if any of these are in your state. Be on the lookout. These these guys are not. Uh, going to give up without a fight. They're not. And, you, you know, we think we're on top of it. We don't. We're in a different kind of war. We are in a different kind of war. They are going around every way they can to cut the uh, the circulation of the Constitution off. Yeah. Uh, so how do you how, how do you gauge all of this that's going on and as you point out it's consistent with the stuff that we would fear from the great reset that's happening with russia however you know russia is an aggressive actor and you know you look back at some of the really bad things that have happened in history and if this sort of stuff 
went on when those things were going on, maybe we would have minimized the impact. I mean, you know, certainly is it, worth, it would have been great if IBM wasn't helping the Nazis. Yeah, right? it is. It yeah. is. It would have been. Right. It that would have been, been a, a, a better outcome. Correct. And so why didn't our founders, why didn't um, uh, people back then just stop these corporations from doing that? Well, I mean, stopping them is one thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But them doing it on their own is another mm-hmm. finding a way would to want, do it. Wouldn't we want wouldn't we want IBM to say, I'm not doing business with these people. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Wouldn't we that be would. great? Yeah. So but IBM do did this? do that. IBM did do that. They just let their their arm in Europe do it. Right. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So they were they were just doing it in a crafty way. That's what always happens. Look, you can't stop. It, it ends justify the means. If we can stop him from by uh, from doing what he's doing in Ukraine, and it means cobbling together and launching the Great Reset, should we do it? Well, we don't want the Great Reset to hit the globe. Right. But, but that's what's going to happen. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. This is the Great Reset in action. You're watching it. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mike Lee is uh, joining us now. Um, Mike, I don't know if you've been following the president this morning, but he has said that uh, he is going to shut off all Russian oil to the United States. um, And he's going to do everything he can to... uh, to help the American people, 60 million gallons from our uh, 60 million barrels from our oil, strategic oil reserves. Uh, and uh, he's not going to tolerate price gouging uh, from these oil companies that are going to try to just gouge people at the pump. Uh, he won't accept that. And he also said, I want to clear something up. There is no evidence at all that anything that I have done affects how much oil is being drawn out and used here in America. My policies mm. have not affected this at all. Welcome, Mike. Well, gosh, there it is. There it is. You, you, you hear it. Uh, so it must be true, right? Yeah. So, uh, look, he, after almost two weeks of Ukrainian suffering and, and noble fighting, he finally got the political courage up to ban Russian oil and gas imports. We still need to know what's he going to do to open up American oil and gas. And, and he did this only after flirting with the mullahs in Iran and the desperate in Venezuela to see if they would want to help him out. And, and the more he repeats this, this is not my fault. The more we know it's his fault. Look, what did he do on day one? Day one, he gives in. He cancels Keystone XL. He halts all oil and gas leasing on federal land, which is a very significant part. No, they already have. No, no, Mike. They already have millions of acres of leased federal land and they're not using it. That's what he said. Yes. So so that is a a very convenient response from a man who's tried to shut these guys down and from the guy who won't let them drill in Anwar, where we've got an abundant, accessible supply of heavy crude, which is the stuff we're getting from Russia. So if he if he means this stuff, he needs to open it up and he can't just continue to close off options and say no to the American people. Look, if the American people want to control inflation. Biden wants to control Americans. That's the problem we're dealing with. Mike, the I mean, I just don't see how 
how Americans are going to survive for very long. I mean, you know, the price of uh, crude is up uh, 90 cents since the president started speaking. Uh, and uh, it, we already went up in gas prices a dime, you know, from yesterday to today. People are on the edge. How long can this go before those sanctions uh, and the policies of this president cripple us, not Putin? Yeah, so uh, all, all of these things are combining into one. You've got a hyperactive, hyper-regulatory environment in which President Biden wants to shut down American ingenuity and development. And he does so in a way, moreover, that would, would enrich and further empower our enemies. I mean, look at where more and more of our money has to go to buy our energy when we don't do this. It goes to vile countries, vile people in vile countries. We, look, we can produce this stuff here in a more safe, environmentally responsible and cost-effective manner than just about anywhere in the world. So why aren't we doing it? Well, it always comes back to his, his climate obsession and to this, this God complex that he seems to have, suggesting that he can, uh, he's the one who can figure out how to balance all of the competing climate needs of, 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 of the globe uh, and balance those against the American energy needs. You know, there's this thing called the free market. If you let the free market do its thing, then, Joe, you wouldn't need to sell off our oil reserves. Then, Joe, you wouldn't need to go hat in hand to OPEC. So it, it, this thing called the free market works, and it allows people to get clean, affordable energy on demand. He says that this is the free market working. He's, he, I mean, it was amazing to hear him say, you know, we, um, we shut down their banking. Well, who shut down their banking? I don't believe the United States of America can shut down all of the banks and the credit cards and everything else. Um, he's, he's claiming that these people are doing all of this by their free choice. I've never seen anything like this, Mike. And you know that through ESG, this is the Great Reset in action, is it not? Yes, yes. And, and you, as you talk about this in your book, one of the things I love about your book is in, in, the, in, the, in the book, The Great Reset, you, you explain that this time, this particular series isn't something that's government. And so it's much harder to control. Yep. This is the, the coordinated action of countless individuals acting independently and independently in a way that's likely to diminish freedom and diminish options for ordinary, hardworking citizens. Mike, um, the president today is going to request $2.6 billion for foreign assistance program that promote general equality worldwide. Um, okay, the funds will be... Who could be against that? I know. What kind of monster would oppose that, right? I know. The funds will be part of his fiscal 2023 budget request to Congress and will double the amount requested for gender programs uh, next year. Gosh, you know, if there's if there's one thing in the world right now that we've got to do, it's ship a bunch of money offshore to unspecified priorities that are impossible to quantify and very difficult to evaluate because this money is being sent all over the world. I, I, I really think that uh, we've lost our minds when it comes to this. Look, I, I think foreign aid generally um, 
uh, has some problems with it that need to be addressed. This is a particularly egregious example of that. And the timing of this couldn't be poorer. So, Mike, tonight in Utah, and I don't even know, can you talk about this? Uh, tonight in Utah sure. is, is the caucus. I have no idea how this caucus, this caucus works. This is the primary caucus, right? Yes, yes. And, Glenn, it's awesome. Caucus night is fantastic. It's the most wonderful day of the, any two-year election cycle. In Utah, people come together at 2,000 precinct locations around the state at exactly 7 p.m. And at 7 p.m., they get together and they elect delegates to a state convention, a convention that will occur on April 23rd. This is, this is the Republican, the small R Republican form of government in action. This is the way it's supposed to work. These delegates come together, they elect people to represent them at their state convention, and that all happens tonight. So, so any of your listeners who happen to be in Utah, I'd encourage them strongly, go, go to uh, precinctsportal.org and you can figure out where your caucus meets. I can tell you when it meets. It'll be 7 p.m. tonight. We need as many of your listeners there participating tonight as possible. How, how scary is it to be someone like you that everyone just assumes you're going to get reelected, and yet millions of dollars are being spent all around you by the left and the rhinos uh, uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen? And having your, having your supporters like, ah, do the caucus next time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's scary. Uh, it, it really is a scary thing uh, to be in that position because people assume oh, a Republican is from Utah. Uh, Utah's never going to elect a Democrat. Well, that may be true. There are people who figure out how to game that system. Some of them run as Republicans uh, while espousing liberal beliefs. Others might run as an independent. And uh, th- those people are gaining some momentum. They've got a Uh, a a media establishment in the state and nationally that's more than eager to to help them uh, win their cause, help them disparage me and help these progressives get elected. Yeah, and that's why it is concerning. I've got to be ready for this. And so I'd encourage your listeners to go to leeforsenate.com if they'd like to help. I can use all the help I can get. These guys are, are raising money like crazy against me. And I've got to be prepared for them. You know, I saw the name recognition that you have in the state, and you are more recognized by Democrats than you are by uh, independents and uh, conservatives. That should tell you something. They hate you. They hate you. Yeah, they do. They do. And and look, we've got our two statewide papers, the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune. And and let's just say they're not conservatives. There is no counterpart. There is no Washington Times. Uh, 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 counterpart to these voices. There is no New York Post counterpart to them. It's kind of sad when you've got an entire state with no uh, conservative or even right of center uh, statewide publication. Yeah, well, you know, Stu and I were talking about it this morning that there is no one, there's no one in Washington that we trust more than you. You're the most, I mean, no offense, Mike, but you're boring as hell. I mean, it's like, you know, hey, let's invite somebody to a party that everybody will be excited about. It ain't you. It ain't you. I mean, I'd like you at the party, but you're not the one that everybody, you know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and, I, and yet you get branded as some radical. You All you do is stand for the Constitution, and you stand in really, I mean, I know you, Mike. 
I know there are times that you voted against something that you have really personally wanted to vote for, but it was wrong because it was constitutional. And they're killing you on that. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. And first of all, Glenn, thank you for the compliment. And more importantly, thank you for the bumper sticker idea. I'm going to run with that. Bumper sticker saying, Mike Lee, boring as hell. Yeah, I mean, there's not going to be a scandal in your life. You don't swear. You don't call people's, you know, people names. I mean, you know, you're kind of dull. But I mean, you're you're great in office. I, I don't know if Utah needs some excitement. Uh, I think you'd, you're crazy if you do. Stay with Mike. But anyway. Well, and, and, and look, the, the thing is here, I, I do the job the way I think it needs to be done, which involves reading the Constitution. I keep a copy of the Constitution with me all the time when I'm at work. I, I always have one. You'd be surprised at how often I need to refer to it. It's not a prop. It's there to remind me of what my duty is, what my obligations and uh, what my authority entails and, and, and what they don't entail. And that takes the emotion out of it. That, that, that when you take the emotion out of governing, you have a greater possibility of achieving safe government. Right now, we are like a, a giant boat without a rudder or an engine. We're just thrown every which way as, oh. as a country because government decisions are being made by emotion. And that's why I need the support of your listeners anytime they can, any way they can, can, whether they want to volunteer or donate, whether it's a dollar or two dollars or more, they can do that at leeforsenate.com. I need their help. Okay, Mike, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll be watching tonight. I almost came out. I almost was going to go to Salt Lake tonight I, just because I'd like to. I just would. I just want to be. I, I would just love to be in the room. I can't vote or anything, but I'd love to be in the room just going, Really? that's what you think really uh you know the person who uh was working against uh as a republican working against uh stopping aborting down syndrome babies really that's who you're thinking of but maybe it's just me mike thank you very much uh mike mike lee for senate uh dot whatever that's not going to help him very much is it all right, let me talk to you about Christopher. He wrote in with his... It's exp- not going to help him as much as calling him boring 15 times is going to help. That's going to uh, you know really what? put him over Can the top. Can we write a commercial for him? I want to do a commercial. <laughs> boring, but good. I mean, you know, there ain't nothing going to... The guy goes to church every Sunday reliably. Boring. He'll talk to you about... He keep. He just said it. I keep a, con- a copy of the Constitution with me at all times. He does. Boring... But, but good. it's kind of what you want. Mm-hmm. Boring, but good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That really should be his ad campaign. <laughs> <laughs> na, na, na.